Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we've got a wonderful show talking to you all about home workouts. This is something that a lot of people around the world have had to get used to since 2020. And if you get it right, you can get better results than other people are getting in the gym. Time to rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix. Will is across the table from me, and my name is Rad Burmeister. We are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness so that you can unleash your inner athlete. You can get daily coaching by us, plus our epic UMS Unify Movement System program to create your ideal body and optimized performance. As a valued listener, you can use the link in the description to get your first month free, plus a sweet, sweet deal if you decide to stay on with us. Also, I'm really proud to announce that we have an epic 72-hour flash sale starting today. We are, we've actually just launched our phase seven of our home workouts program. That's gonna be starting on Monday, where you can join in with me at 7.30 a.m. every day, Sydney time, and get a kick-ass workout for strength, flexibility, and fitness all in an hour. But those are follow-along workouts. If you wanna know how to do it, if you wanna get the coaching so that you understand how to progress and regress the movements and do them properly for best results, you will need to grab that program. The other option is it's included for free as part of your subscription to the UMS. So you can grab, uh, you can just subscribe and get it as, as part of the UMS coaching along with our gym programs as well. Now, before we get started, warm welcome if you're on the live stream on YouTube. Um, leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember that anyone can interact with us. And lastly, shout out to everyone listening to the replay. Now, as I said before, joining us today is Will Purcell. How are you today, Will? I'm very good. Thank you, Rad. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Mm, it is. Yanni's actually at the doctor today. He's had a, an issue with his eye where his son scratched his eyeball a year or so ago and he's uh, had some issues with and he's had to go um, back and forth to the to the doctors um, kind of every month to get like a prescription contact lens put on it that uh, helps it to heal and uh, avoids laser eye surgery. And unfortunately, that is now not considered a, um, what do you call it, an essential service. And we're only allowed to go to doctors and hospitals for essential services with this COVID scenario in Sydney. So he has to go to a medical center and be shown by a doctor how to do it himself. And he's a bit nervous about that because up until now, he gets these contact, these medical contact lenses put in by a, uh, a doctor um, every uh, every month. So anyway, that's why Yanni's not here. But he said uh, he's only across the road. He's at the medical center across the road. And I saw him waiting outside when I got here before. Hopefully, he's going to make it back uh, halfway through the show or so. So we'll see. Mm. I can only, I've had a grain of sand in my eye, like most people have. I assume his is like a beach. And I can only imagine how <laughs> painful and that much piss you off. Yeah. 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 yeah horrible thing, huh? Are you, um, does the stream look really rubbish? Oh, no. For some reason, I had it auto selected onto 144p. I was like, wow, that's really bad quality today. Ew. So. Um, sing out if you're watching live uh, on YouTube. Say good day. Uh, let me know that you're watching, so um, and we can send you some love. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, the last five points of our at-home workouts blueprint. So these are the 
These are the 10 breakthroughs that Yanni and I uh, brainstormed that we could give to people as a, as a free download for, um, you know, so that you can learn some of the insights into how we get such great results with our UMS home workouts. And the first point that we're going to talk about today is super compensation. Now, supercompensation is a concept. Um, it's a, it's a it's a it's a way that adaptation occurs. So basically, the idea is that you stress your body through exercise. So you go to the gym, you lift weights, you put your muscles under stress, and then your body adapts to that stress. Now, at the height of that adaptation is supercompensation. So if you get it right, you will achieve supercompensation. And the way it works is basically. Um, Supercompensation, the way that I've seen it um, drawn is it, 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 they usually draw it on a four-week graph. And when you introduce a new stimulus, so you start doing a new program, you actually, um, if you train at the upper levels uh, of, of pushing your body, you actually get a reduction in strength and performance in the first week. Then your body, as you, you know, try something new, uh, then your body starts to adapt to it. And in the second week, you start to return to baseline. And then in the third week, you start to go above the baseline level of, uh, of strength. And then you start to uh, plateau um, mm. after that, which is why you need to continue doing these new program phases. Now, the way that supercompensation really occurs is the, the it occurs during recovery. So, you know, you go to the gym, you put your body under this stress. And then when you recover, you go through the supercompensation effect. And that's why we do deload weeks, which is what we're, um, we're just finishing now. And we've had a lot of people around the world uh, telling us how much they've been enjoying that deload week, haven't mm. they, Will? Yeah, absolutely. I'm following the same program as you guys or same cycle as you guys. And I'm deloading as well. And I've been really bad. Uh, this week I've only trained twice yep. but um, I also have a bit of a shorter deload I'm meant to train a bit harder at the start mm -hmm. I take a couple of days off mm -hmm. same as Yanni's style but um, yeah one of the biggest comments we've had coming into this now that everyone at home has gotten into the same cycle and the same routine as we have because we're about nine weeks into this lockdown they've all really loved this deload and that's what they were saying in their comments at the start of the week and now they're all saying how fit and fresh they feel and how much they're looking forward to next week mm -hmm. and the relearn week yeah 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 that's right and that's what supercompensation will do for you you'll um w when when you achieve supercompensation properly you get stronger and you get noticeably stronger it's mm -hmm. uh it, it, or, or more flexible or, or fitter whatever it is that you've whatever the the stress um that you've put on the body your body will adapt to it um, and I think w the, the last thing that I really want to say about supercompensation is that where people really misunderstand it is, is that it occurs when you're recovering. It doesn't occur when you're going to the gym. Mm. So the takeaway from this is, this is my takeaway, go to the gym, do your work. And then, you know, you're, the reason why you lift weights is to get an adaptation. That, you may not understand that, but that's why you're lifting weights. You're, you're lifting weights to get an adaptation. Now, the adaptation that you might be aiming for is to hypertrophy your muscle. The adaptation you might be aiming for is to build strength. You, there's lots of different adaptations you might be aiming for, but that's what you're trying to do. That's why you lift mm. weights. But the supercompensation adaptation, the one that really increases your strength and takes you above your baseline, that occurs during recovery mm. at, at its best. And, and a lot of people mess this up. Here's my point. A lot of people go to the gym, they try to get that adaptation, they start to feel themselves getting weaker, and they think, I need to push harder. 
Mm. When you feel that, and this would usually happen after the two to three mark of being consistent and you know, you know, training three, four, five days a week, but consistently, when you feel that you have gotten weaker, you're actually in a state of what's called overreaching. It's not overtraining, that's overtraining's way further down the road. Um, you're in a state of overreaching, and when you're in that state, if you deload by reducing the volume down to 40% for five days, you'll supercompensate, mm. and that's when the magic happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I the only training I have done this week was a bit of um, handstand work, and I of course then pulled out some of the best handstands I've done over the last four weeks, just because my muscles are feeling so much stronger and. Um, they've adapted so much more that I can stay up there and focus a lot more on the skill. So the strength has come a long way. Yeah. Yep. I'm just responding to Jared. Uh, thanks, Jared, for uh, chiming in, brother. Um, so anybody else, if you're on the live stream, uh, let us know. We'll give you a little shout out. Diane Norbury is here saying, I relish being able to listen live on my day off and lap up the content. It's always interesting and I usually learn something new that I can put it into practice. Thanks so much, Diane. And uh, it's really nice to hear that you've got a positive spin on the lockdown. Yeah, look, you know what? It takes us a hell of a lot of times to hear the same information before it becomes ingrained in mm. our brain. So you may be thinking to yourself, oh, I've heard this before. Well, ask yourself how the results are going. Like, look mm. at the results. If the results are producing themselves, then yeah, walk away, tune out. But if you're still not getting the results that you want, maybe you need to hear it another 99 times before it yeah. uh, sinks in. <laughs> good metaphor always helps. Imagine um, getting stronger is like watering a plant. The plant isn't growing the second you give it water. You've got to let it go. If you keep watering it, you're just going to flood it. It's going to end up withering away and drowning and dying. So you've got to give it time. It's So tra strength training is not like studying where you're literally taking in this mm -hmm. knowledge at the same time. It's like trying to water your plants. Yep. And that's probably pretty worrying considering how many of my friends can kill their, <laughs> their house plants when they get them back from Bunnings. <laughs> so, All right, the next point that we want to talk about for getting better results with home workouts than what your buddies are getting in the gym is progressive overload. So progressive overload is uh, gain-making and plateau-breaking injury-free training. So what does it mean? Progressive overload, put really simply, is if you grabbed a couple of dumbbells, let's say, let's talk to, the, to our American audience here. Let's say you pick up some 20-pound dumbbells and you yeah. bicep curl eight reps and you couldn't do nine reps to save your life. So you do eight reps and you do that for three sets and you do that twice a week. And if you keep doing that for two or three weeks, and by the end of the third week, you can now do those 20-pound dumbbells doing bicep curls for 12 reps. Then you go up to 22.5-pound dumbbells, back to eight reps, and repeat the process mm. over again. That, in a nutshell, is what progressive overload is. Now, progressive overload is generally achieved by manipulating any one or all of five variables that we like to use. Number one, intensity. Number two, volume. Number three, recovery. Number four, tempo. And number five, complexity. So what do we mean by that? Intensity really means how heavy. So if you, it's really easy to understand in the example that I just gave. If you go from 20-pound dumbbells to 22.5-pound dumbbells, you have increased intensity. If you go from 20-pound dumbbells down to 17.5-pound dumbbells, you've decreased intensity. When it comes to calisthenics and body weight training, intensity um, can also be manipulated through exercise selection. You can increase intensity by going to a harder version of a push-up. Um, it's still a push-up, but it's a harder version. So an example would be push-ups on your knees versus push-ups on your feet. 
same movement, but a more intense version of it. Volume refers to how much. So intensity, how heavy, volume, how much. So what does that mean? If I'm doing three sets of eight um, dumbbells, uh, three sets of eight reps of dumbbell bicep curls, and I go up to three sets of 12 reps on the same weight, I've increased volume because I've added volume. That's how, how much. If I go three sets of eight reps from 20 pound dumbbells to 22 and a half pound, I've increased intensity. Mm. If I go from three sets of eight reps to four sets of eight reps, I've increased volume. So there's many, many different ways you can manipulate volume and manipulate intensity, and you can manipulate both of them. And here's a little curveball for anybody listening. The combination of manipulating both of those things is what we call load. That's load management. So load is the is the <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> the, the volume and intensity, the manipulation is uh, yeah is is volume. Anyway, okay. So there's vo there's intensity. There's volume. Uh, the third one, what was the third one that I said? Recovery. Mm. How long you have between your workouts, uh, when you have a deload week, uh, all of those things. Example, in the UMS, we wait 72 hours before training the same muscle group again. The reason why we do that is because all the good literature says that you need to recover for between 48 and 72 hours before you can produce maximal strength again with the same muscle group. So all we're doing is just following what the, what the best research says or what the most... Um, um, validated research mm. says uh and then we've got uh tempo tempo basically refers to how fast you do the phases of your movement the concentric phase the eccentric phase and the pauses between it and then complexity refers to uh, there's several different explanations for complexity but it's basically how how complex a movement is how hard it is um, something that's simple and easy for the brain to understand is a has low complexity and something that's more challenging and harder to understand has higher complexity mm. And when you manipulate any or all of those five things through periodization, which we'll talk about later, that is how we achieve adaptation. Mm. So that's a uh, lot of info for you guys to take in there. I kind of just blurted all that out there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think besides safety, uh, progressive overload is one of the most important things for personal trainers to help their clients achieve because it can also be a fine line between not doing enough and not getting a result and uh, risking injury as well. Yep. Yeah. And I think that is, uh, that's a really good um, uh, way to say it, Will. You know, if you're going to get a trainer, then the, the, the trainer should be teaching you how to manage that. Mm. Because one of, the, one of the biggest problems is like the key to progressive overload by far is patience and consistency. Those are the mm. two things you need to achieve progressive overload. Um, the all or nothing mentality is what just wipes progressive overload out the window and, and creates progressive injuries. Mm. So get rid of the all or nothing mentality, focus on consistency and patience and yeah. progressive overload will happen for you if you manipulate those variables. Absolutely. Yeah, I say to a lot of people that there are so many different styles of training out there, whether it be ours or yoga or Olympic lifting or CrossFit. The only thing that we can all agree on is that consistency is king there and you have to be injury free and learn all this um this business so you can stay injury free so you can be consistent i thought you were going to say there's so many different styles of training out there and the only thing that we can all agree on is that, that ours, ours is the is best, best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely yeah you knew it was coming didn't you yeah i did so um that brings us on to uh what's my next point here is uh the deload week so the deload week is what we're in right now. 
Um, and deloading, as we explained before with supercompensation, deloading is actually where the biggest gains are made. Mm. This, is, this is where a lot of people misunderstand things, hey, Will. Like a lot of people, even even our Unity gym members that hear, they get to talk to us face-to-face, a lot of people just can't wrap their head around this and they don't don't really appreciate a good deload week, do mm. they? Mm. Yeah. That's right. Which is why we stopped making it uh, mandatory. It's a it's an optional thing for people. Um, and it's a case-by-case basis. You know, if you're not in that state of overreaching, excuse me, then you probably don't need to deload. Um, but if you train the way that I train, my God, do I need to deload in that, uh, uh, in that fourth week. Um, and the way that we deload is that we reduce volume uh, down to 40%. So remember we talked about volume mm. versus intensity. Volume is how much. So the easiest way to do that is instead of doing five sets of your primary lift, you do two sets. Mm. Um, but we still aim for in- increases in intensity. So if we can still add weight to our lifts, then you know we're okay. Mm. So it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's something that a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't validate it and give it mm. what it really needs. And for that reason, um, a lot of people get injured, don't they? Yeah. Not uh, not deloading. A lot of people don't don't understand the value of just reducing what they do for five days to get better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Richard, Yanni, and myself need you to deload as much as you need to, yourself to deload <laughs> as well. Um, it uh, does take a big toll on Rad, especially when you're backing up with those workouts with what with the online filming yeah. as well. Um, and it's, yes, yeah, really important for that. But also back to the point that you made about not everyone necessarily trains as hard as we do. I know a lot of people who only go to the gym twice or three times a week. So if they, do, they probably don't need to deload every fourth week or sixth yeah. week or sometimes not at all. Mm. Um, and especially for a lot of older clients that I've had in the past at Fitness First and at Vision, they would end up going away or getting called away for a yeah. work trip or something. And then there's that gone. But if you are training as much as um, Rad might be, um, that deload week is probably the most important week of that entire cycle. Yeah, and it's something that if you if you get it right, meaning if you if you plan properly and you're consistent with your training, you actually really look forward to it. Mm. Um, I think it's a uh, yeah, it, it comes either misinformation or um, just inexperience. People that think no, I don't want to deload. I, you know, when I come to the gym, I I push hard and I push mm. myself. And I think the, I think the all or nothing sort of go hard or go home mentality is something that really needs to be addressed in the gym in general. Mm. Um, I think what people, one of the biggest wins that anybody can have for themselves is to start to just develop this consistency and patience with their training. Mm. And with that, really good things uh, can happen and can come. Mm. And it is certainly a case by case basis. I remember talking to Declan Lee, one of our members here, maybe even just a week or two ago, he was saying he only deloads every six to eight weeks because when he was doing it in the gym, a lot of the times, and he does train as often as we all do, um, he just doesn't get that tired. There's something about his uh, physiology that he can just keep churning it out. But then I remember some of our strongest members like MJ and Mark were training and we were in week two of, or two and a half of a a cycle once and they're like, I'm flogged, I need to deload. So it can come in at unexpected times as well. You've got to listen to your body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we talk about unplanned deload weeks, you know, and un, where it's not every fourth week, it's mm. an, just an unplanned time. And that's 
there's a lot of value in that as well. Mm. Um, so that moves us on to uh, point number nine, which is the one thing that your at-home workout does that gyms can't. Now, this is a funny one because what, what I'm talking about here is the one thing that your at-home workout does that gyms can't is it removes you from an environment of peer pressure. And I'm not talking about childhood around the school peer pressure. Mm. I'm talking about just the, the psychology of being at a gym with hundreds of other people if you're there at peak time and feeling the pressure to perform. Like you don't want to be out of your comfort zone. You don't want to be mm. that beginner. You want to be able to look like you fit in like those people, you know, that are cranking out those 22 mm. and a half pound dumbbell bicep curls and, uh, you know, veins popping out of the arms and everything. Mm. Um, you don't want to feel like that um, person who's uh, just new to the gym and really doesn't know what they're doing. Well, that's all gone when you're at home, you yeah. know. You're at home, you're on your own, or, or maybe you're just with your nearest and dearest. And that's a really good opportunity to step outside your comfort zone without that fear and paranoia of, oh, everybody else is, is looking at me or judging me or whatever. Yeah, it's like the adductor machine at the big um, <laughs> Globo gyms where the rule is don't make eye contact with anyone while they're doing that exercise. Yep. At home, you're free of all of that and you can actually <laughs> get into it and concentrate. Yeah, make eye contact with anyone when you're doing your, uh, <laughs> your adductor workout, workout. But so what, what do we mean by complex movements and, and what um, why would you want to do them? Well, complex movements are things that require a lot of thought and coordination and skill to be able to perform properly. Mm. And the greatest opportunity for brain development uh, happens when you're learning a new complex movement, uh, when we're talking about movement-wise. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't give a crap about brain development when I go to the gym. That may be so, but considering how rife Alzheimer's is mm. in the elderly, and we've got a member who's dealing with it with the, with his parents uh, and he tells me how hard it is and if you were dealing with Alzheimer's I think you'd think very differently about mm. it and one of the best ways to prevent Alzheimer's has been proven to be complex movement it stimulates brain growth like very little else will mm. so we do for example in our at-home workouts phase four we do animal flow movement patterns they are I mean, we do basic ones that are designed for people that haven't done it before, but they are really complex movement patterns. Mm. There's a lot of thinking that goes on. Is, does my left foot go here? Does my right leg go there? And, you know, when you break through that, the neurons that have been made in the brain, the new pathways are, um, are very functional and very healthy. Mm. Yeah, my, uh, my father actually had Alzheimer's uh, when I was much younger. And, yeah, when you see that and you're trying to deal with someone, that has Alzheimer's or some sort form of dementia or Parkinson's, you can see how important it is to be able to control your body and control your limbs and to be able to form those um, new neural pathways um, can be really important and it, it lights the brain up. I've done a little bit of animal flow myself in the past. Back to our previous point, I look like a dickhead in the gym, but I'm a redhead, so I'm kind of used to popping a bit of slack <laughs> like that. So I didn't care what anyone else did, but my skill level through animal flow over the first three months went through the roof to the point where people stopped teasing me and they started asking me about it and yeah oh what are you doing this one for why are you doing that one your mobility's gotten a lot better yeah. um my knee pain had gone away my back pain was getting better so um yeah you, it does help taking a leap out there and creating those new neural pathways in the brain big tick yep. um and things like that so you just can't can't put it down yeah and that's um 
That's one of the coolest things when you go from somebody that people are making fun of to doing the exact same thing and three months later people are coming up and going, well, how do you do that one? Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling and it's an yeah. empowering feeling, but it's something that very few people are willing to push themselves through because the fear of social judgment or social shame or whatever is very real. Mm. You know, we're hardwired to protect our egos um, for good reasons. So, yeah, this is a really good opportunity when you're training at home you have that opportunity to just go well stuff it you yeah. know nobody's nobody's watching me i'm going for it yeah, yeah? in and fact i, can, I, I challenge can... you make yourself look as much like a dickhead as possible <laughs> give it a crack film it and put it up for us so we can all judge <laughs> yeah, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last point for today is uh, the biggest mistake people make when training at home and this is all about training versus entertaining um too many people throw the programming principles that we've just spoken about out the window mm. when they put together a home workout and they basically just try to put together something that entertains them and you see it all across these um, fitness professionals pages people that are really fit that are really strong that should know better um, but they're putting these workouts together mm. that are really designed to entertain people um, the level of complexity in the movements is often very high they're doing these like burpee lunge sidestep yeah 360 twist you know like it's just this combination of exercises that's it's like something that's just been made up because it's different and i get that it gets the clicks and it gets the views but i guarantee you that nobody with a really impressive physique is training like that mm. that's not how people that have an impressive physique train mm. they do the basics and they do this and that so when, at, when home workouts get thrown together and it throws out these basic training principles, that is the biggest mistake people make. Yeah, I've seen so many uh, Instagram influencers and, um, and personal trainers kind of do a whole bunch of burpees with a twist and a 360 reach around and they're absolutely <laughs> sweating their, their ass off and they're like, get ripped and jacked. And you look at them and they're like, they're ripped and jacked, but they've got quads that they'd have to walk around. Like yeah. they didn't get those quads by doing, yeah, that's right. doing these jump squats. They got in the gym. And yeah. one of the things I connected with a lot when I started at Unity as a member was getting strong under, strong under the bar and doing all those basic movement patterns like squats and deadlifts and shoulder press. And you take that strength and you almost take that physique into all these funky at-home workouts. And that's why those Instagram guys look so good doing it yep. because they did all this other training well before that's that. That's right. And that's what created that impressive physique that we're mm. all looking at thinking, wow, check that out. Yeah. All right, Tribe. Well, I hope you got something out of that. Um, those principles are, are rock solid. They really are. And this is actually uh, point number uh, six to ten about Strength Blueprint. If you want, want to read all of them, you can download it. There'll be a link in the description of this video. And if you want to get our phenomenal at-home workout phase seven, again, there'll be a link in this video and in our Movement Mastermind Facebook group where you can grab it at the uh, launch price of 50% um, discount. That'll only be available for the next couple of days. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. And we will... Thanks, Nick. Nick Blair yeah. has said good discussion. Thanks. Really appreciate that. hope you guys got something out of it. Look, I'm telling you, we put a lot of thought into these um, blueprints uh, and, and what goes into these shows. And these, these principles are... Like, we've basically just taken the principles that we've learned that are very well known within strength and conditioning coaches, but we've applied them and, and put them together, put the, the 10 most relevant ones together 
um, for you guys. So anyway, mm. I'm really glad that you got something out of it, Nick. Uh, thanks, Diane. Uh, thanks, uh, Jared. Yep, Jared. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll see you guys next week. And thanks, Will, for coming on the show. No worries. This was good fun. Mm. Thanks, Tribe. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.